Hey everyone, welcome to the Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our Daily Word today, we're going into the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. I want to share verse 5 with you, and then let's talk just for a, a few minutes today about what was most uh, difficult and urgent in this situation. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. So I think it's important to picture the scene here. They're uh, in Peter's family's home there in Capernaum. Uh, folks have, have heard Jesus teach in the synagogue. They've seen him perform miracles. And so they're just packing in to this house to, to hear him teach again, to give the word of God. Uh, I, I know that they're surely hoping to see more miracles Folks are bringing the sick to him. And I'm picturing that as Jesus is teaching that nobody's moving. Nobody's moving. And as a matter of fact, it seems to me that probably most people there are, are just in awe. Maybe not even blinking, maybe hardly breathing because folks are always amazed at the authority with which Jesus teaches. But there was another group there, a group of religious leaders who it seems we're not just skeptical, they were actually looking for reasons to accuse Jesus, uh, reasons to discredit him. There was yet another group there, though, that were not in the house. They weren't hearing the word of God. They wanted desperately to get in, but because it was packed, and no one was moving, they couldn't get in. They had brought their friend, perhaps their family member, maybe this was a, a group of friends and family, but there were four men who bring their, their friend on a pallet. He is handicapped. We, he, can't, he can't move on his own. We're not sure, of course, how serious it is, but it seems that it is, in fact, very serious because of the urgency with which they bring uh, the man to Jesus. They literally tear through the roof in order to get him down to Jesus. And when when Jesus sees what they're doing, tearing the roof back so that they can lower the man to Jesus, he understands, of course, what's going on. And he is he is moved by their faith clearly because as, as he sees the man, as he comes down uh, at, at eye level with Jesus and he speaks to him, calls him my child, and he says to him something that, you know, having kind of set the scene there, um, seems a little surprising, honestly. He says, my child, your sins are forgiven. And I, I think, real important question, why? Uh, why is that where Jesus starts here? And and I'd like to offer three reasons quickly, and then let's, let's think together just a bit about that. Uh, first of all, he says your sins are forgiven, forgives the man, because this is the most urgent. It is the most urgent, first of all, because our sin separates us from God. Apart from the grace of Jesus, we, we don't know that the intimate fellowship that we are made for with God. And so that present fellowship with God is missing from this man's life. But not only that, we know that our sin has eternal consequences, that apart from the intervention of Jesus, apart from his amazing grace, apart from 
the gospel, we are facing a godless eternity. We are facing the judgment, the righteous judgment of God Almighty. And and then secondly, we, we must understand too here that this is a clear claim to divinity. Those who say, oh, you know, Jesus never claimed to be God, that, you know, wherever he may have done that, that was just added in. But there are not, not only overt references in the scriptures where Jesus claims that he is God, uh, the, the, the Father and I are one, um, but there are also these uh, these um, these ways that Jesus brings in this truth of his divinity in an indirect way, that he makes reference to the fact that he is God by what he can do. And the, the religious leaders, they're right. They say only God can forgive sin, but their their judgment is, not to understand who Jesus really is, but to assume that he is not God and that he is therefore committing blasphemy. If, in fact, Jesus were not God, it would be blasphemy for him to take that upon him himself. He doesn't have the right to do that, but in fact, he is God. Now, he also does this. He starts with the forgiveness of sins because, in fact, it is the most difficult uh, the the religious leaders they they they're they're upset about Jesus forgiving sins. They're they're saying that this is blasphemy and so. And um, and Jesus says to them, "Now, okay, well, which would be harder, for me to say your sins are forgiven, or for me to say, go ahead and pick up that mat and and walk? Which would be more difficult?" And of course, in their minds, they're probably thinking, "Well." to tell this guy to stand up, and he actually does it, the, the power to heal them would be more impressive. That would be harder, more difficult. But in fact, as we understand from this side of the cross, what we understand is that, in fact, it, it was easier for Jesus to heal. He's the creator of the universe. He can just declare it, and it is so. But forgiveness cost him everything. He bore our sin, our shame, the punishment that we deserve, the separation from God that, that we were headed for. He took it on himself that we might be forgiven and restored to God. Now, sadly, as we read on, what we see is that the religious leaders, they don't understand their own need for forgiveness. They, they assume their own righteousness. Theirs is a prideful self-righteousness. They don't understand that, in fact, they are sick. This man who was lowered through the roof, he was physically ill, but their spiritual condition, the condition of the religious leaders, and in fact, of every human being, is the very same, is to be sick to our very souls. So Jesus calls Levi, or Matthew, the tax collector, to come and follow him, and he does, and Matthew, this is just a beautiful thing. He calls together his tax collector buddies and all these notorious sinners and, and says, you know, we're going we're gonna to get together with Jesus. We're told that many of Jesus' followers were actually uh, notorious sinners, right? These are folks who realized their need for a Savior, realized their need to be healed of their sin, and they had come and received that grace from Jesus, the, the New Living Translation 
really, I think, helps us to get at what Jesus is saying as he addresses the religious leaders. They, they can't believe that Jesus would eat with people like this, would be around people like this, people who were so obviously sinners. And Jesus says, you know, I didn't, I didn't come for, and the way the New Living Translation says it in 2.17, those who think they are righteous. And in fact, friends, we have the same problem today. The Holy Spirit must convict us of sin. The world is convinced. The people of the world are convinced that they are not sinners. That in fact, they are righteous. They are good enough that whoever it is that they are at the present moment is just perfect and should be affirmed just as they are. But in fact, we know that Jesus came to save those who are sick, that we are all sick with sin. We are like sheep without a shepherd, lost, far from God. We lack the peace that God wants for us. We lack the relationship that we're made for. We need the grace of Jesus. And so, friends, um, what I'd like to invite you to do is, is to join me in praying for those who like these religious leaders, don't realize that they need a Savior. Would you pray with me that that the Spirit, because it, the, the Holy Spirit has to do this, this is not a thing that we can do, that the Spirit would convict them of sin so that they would understand their need for a Savior so that they would turn to Jesus and be healed. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you and we pray for the conviction of your spirit. You tell us in your word that you would convict of sin, that you would show by your spirit your righteousness and help people to understand their need for you. So we pray for those in our lives, ask you to use us in any way to point them to the gospel of Jesus. Help them, Lord, to find you, to be found by you more accurately, Lord, and use us any way you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. And friends, until we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God will bless you and that he would keep you.